good evening, everybody. Thank you for being here to join us for our Patanjali Yoga Sutra discussion. Today we're discussing uh, the last two sutras of the second to the last section of the Kaivalyapada. So what what do we keep what do we need to keep doing? So basically Patanjali tells us to keep doing the same thing we've been doing. So that means we're gonna have a review probably this week and next week. We'll review what Patanjali's outline of yoga is. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll start with the chanting. We do the Yoga Sutra chanting. Uh, each sutra is two lines, one word by word. The first red line and the second line of repeating the sutra where all the words are joined together. So if you're watching the recording, you can pause it to help uh, yourself learn the, the chanting. Okay. So again, thank you for being here. And uh, let's get started. Sit straight, please for chanting. Om Shri Gurave Namaha Om Shri Ganeshai Namaha Om Shri Saraswati Namaha Vande Guru Nam Charanada Vinde Sandrishita Swatma Sukhava Bode Nishreya Sejangarikaya Mane Samsara Hala Hala Moha Shantye Abah Purushakaram Shankhachakrasidharinam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalim Yogena Chittasya Padena Vacham Malam Sharirasya Chavaidyakena Yopakarotam Bravaram Muninam Patanjalim Pranjali Ranatosmi Asatoma Satkamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amrutangamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavabhai 
ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮೋ ಭ್ರಮವಿಭ್ಯೋ ಭ್ರಮವಿದ್ಯಾಸಂಪ್ರದಾಯ ಕರ್ತೃಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ವಂಶ ಋಷಿಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ಮಹದ್ಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ಗುರುಭ್ಯ ಸಾರ್ವೋಪ್ಲವರಹಿತ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞಾನಘನ ಪ್ರತಿಗರ್ತೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಸ್ಮಿ ತತ್ಸತ್ ಪರಮಾತ್ಮನೆ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಪಾತಂಜಲಯೋಗದರ್ಶನ ಅಥ ಕೈವಲ್ಯ ಪಾದ ಜನ್ಮ ಓಷಧಿ ಮಂತ್ರ ತಪಸ್ ಸಮಾಧಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಾಯ ಜನ್ಮೌಷಧಿ ಮಂತ್ರ ತಪಸ್ ಸಮಾಧಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಾಯ ಜಾತಿ ಅಂತರ ಪರಿಣಾಮ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿಯ ಪೂರ್ಯಂತರ ಪರಿಣಾಮ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿಯ ಪೂರ್ಯೋಜಕ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿಕೋಜಕ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ವರ್ಣಭೇದಸ್ತು ತೇತ್ರಿಕವತ್ ನಿರ್ಮಾಣ ಅಸ್ಮಿತಸ್ಮಿತೇದೆ ಪ್ರಯೋಜಕ ಪ್ರವೃತ್ತಿಭೇದೇಪ್ರಯೋಜಕಿತ್ತಮೇಕಮನೇಕೇಷಾಂತ್ರಧ್ಯಾನಜಂಅನಾಶಯಂತ್
jati desha kala vyavahitanam api anantaryam smriti sanskarayo ekarupatvat jati desha kala vyavahitanam ज्ञानंतार्यम स्मृति संस्कारयो Hetu Pala Ashraya Alambanaihi Samgrahi Tadvat Esham Abave Tat Abavaha Hetu Pala Hetu Palashraya Lambanai Samgrahita Dva Deshama Bhave Tadabhavaha Atita Anagatam Swarupataha Asti Adva Bhedat Dharmanam Atitanagatam Swarupatos Yadvabeda Dharmanam Te Vyakta Sukhmaha Guna Atmanaha Te Vyakta Sukhma Guna Atmanaha Parinama Ekatvat Vastu Tatvam Parinam Ekat Parinam Aikatvat Vastu Tatvam Vastu Samye Chitta Bhedat Tayoho Vibhaktaha Pantaha Vastu samye chitta bhedata yorvi bhakta pantaha na cha eka chitta tantram ched vastu tat apramanakam tada kim syat Nachaika chitta tantram ched was to tada pramanakam tada kinsyat tat uparaga apekshitvat chittasya was to nyata agnyatam taruparaga apekshitvat Chittasya vastu knyata knyatam. Sada 
Jataha Chitta Vrittayaha Tat Prabhoho Purushasya Aparinamitvat Sadagnatash Chitta Vrittayas Tat Prabhoho Purushasya Aparinamitvat Na Tat Swa abasam drishyatvat Natat swa abasam drishyatvat Eka samaye cha ubhaya anavadharanam Eka samaye chobaya anavadharanam Chitta antara drishye buddhi buddhehe ati prasangaha smriti sankaraha cha. Chitta antara drishye buddhi buddhe ati prasangaha smriti sankaras cha. Chittehe. Apratisankramayaha tat akara apattao swa buddhi samvedanam. Chitera pratisankramayas tat akara apattao swa buddhi samvedanam. Drashtra drishya. Uparaktam chittam sarvartham Drashta drishyo paraktam chittam sarvartham Tat asankhyeya vasanabihi chittram api parartham samhatya karit Karitvat Tadasankhyeya Vasanabhish Chitramapi Parartham Samhatya Karitvat Vishesha Darshinaha Atma Bhava Bhavana Nivrittihi Vishesha Darshina Atma Bhava Bhavana Nivrittihi Tada Viveka Nimnam Kaivalya Prakt Bharam Chittam Tada Tada viveka nimnam kaivalya pragbaram chittam. Tat chidreshu pratyaya antarani samskarebhyaha. Tat chidreshu pratyaya antarani samskarebhyaha. Hanam Esham Kleshavat 
I'm going to just recite the second line, the, the last uh, six sutras, since uh, we're only studying up to 28 today. Prasankhyane prakusidasya sarvatha viveka kyater dharma megha samadhihi tata klesha karma nivrittihi tada sarva varana malapetasya jnanas jnanantya jnayamalpam tata Kritarthanam parinama kramasamaptirgunanam Janapratiyogi parinama parant nirgrahya kramaha Purushartashunyanam gunanam pratiprasava kaivayam sarupa pratishtapa chitishakteriti Itishri Patanjala Yoga Darshane Kaivalya Pado Nama Chaturthaf Padaha Itishri Patanjala Yoga Sutrani Sampurnam Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Okay, so yoga, yoga. My connection is okay. Um, so what have we been talking about, right? We, that if we have a certain uh, special experience inside of ourselves, through you know, turning our attention back in on itself, not, not following the normal cognitive processes of externalizing our awareness. Um, we're not seeking, not, not scheming, not grasping uh, for things, things that might make us happy like chocolate or Pretty, pretty uh, hunks of men <laughs> for the ladies or uh, scantily clad ladies walking down the street. Uh, our, our minds are easily distracted and our minds are too often uh, more interested in, in things that have nothing to do with, with us like 
uh, the terrible things that person does. Oh my God. And I got to call up, I got to text my friend and tell <laughs> so-and-so, well, you wouldn't believe what <laughs> Rachel did. It's so disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> Make sure you tell all your friends. <laughs> uh, uh, and so practice is like the antithesis of this type of behavior, this type of habit uh, energy that the mind has to externalize itself. Like, uh, you feel a little bit like sense of emptiness or so we have like, oh, chocolate sounds good. Uh, and we don't really think about where that craving for the chocolate is coming from, what the source of that craving is. It's a feeling like that we're, we're not connected enough with ourselves. So we have a craving to fill it up with something familiar, something that our externalized mind is conscious of, is all too familiar with. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. You know, and, and it becomes a hankering until you get it. And then you have it and you're satisfied for while you're eating it. But then after one bite, you need to have another bite. And then after another bite, after a minute goes by and the moisture in your mouth is kind of begins to be gone, you need another bite again. And then again, after you chew it up, oh, so good, the chocolate. Mm. Then after that washes down through your mouth and into your belly, I need another bite. <laughs> so this uh, trying to fill ourselves up with something from the outside is not really a lasting way that satisfaction is very temporary. In fact, like 10, 15, 20 minutes later after eating the chocolate, do you, you don't even remember the pleasure you had from eating the chocolate. It's totally gone, totally temporary, totally short-lived. Um, but when we turn our attention in, we turn our mind away from things that are none of our business, what other people are doing. The only thing that's our business is what, what we're doing with it inside ourselves. Um, I'm not talking about, you know, helping the lady across the street. That's different, right? The mind is looking for things as a kind of a way of entertaining itself. This gossip, you know, or uh, judging, getting into other people's business. It's none of your business and you're, you're so... Your mind gets so caught up meddling in like how horrible that person is or how great that person is. And, and we're becoming less connected. Um, so, you know, one of the, the fundamental things about practice is really it's this uh, reversal of the habit energy of the mind to go out and to bring it in. And to so we don't look at the faults of other people. We look at our own faults or we observe ourselves, and we, we just focus on applying our effort to breathe correctly, our effort to step our foot forward correctly, connected from our core, uh, our effort to stay connected in our core as we bring our arms up to keep our attention in on what we're doing before we jump up into a handstand. So you feel when the system is in position 
and the energies circulating through your system are get the right charge in them and then they're in the right position also with the the body in the right position the energies have to build up and they have to get in the right position and start moving in the right direction then when you execute it right you kind of it's like a a sensational form of visualizing and you feel for that before you execute and you jump up into your handstand and you don't even make a noise when your heel lightly taps against the wall because you're so present. You weren't thinking about how good you're doing or how bad you're doing or anything you're, or how, what your friend is doing on the mat next to you, even though we're in a virtual world and we're practicing alone, but, uh, uh, some of you have kids next to you and then you're really being pushed to the limit to stay focused. Um, so all those thoughts that don't help, all those thoughts, that kind of thinking, what we call, what do we call vipariya, the false thinking, the second vritti potentially mentions, um, all those are set renounced or they're let go of, they're turned away from. So we can get more of our whole soul force engaged in what we're doing. Some people call it putting your heart into it. Right? If you put your heart into it, that means your whole soul, your whole, all aspects of your consciousness and your system, your body, your physical body, your energetic body, your emotional body, and your mental body, they're all working together. Right? Question? Agree? So we can call that tapas, the resist, the turning the mind, bringing it back. When the mind goes out and you notice and you bring it back, that's the kind of tapas. The mind goes the wrong direction, uh, a direction that's going to diminish your capacity to execute doesn't matter what act, kind of activity you're doing focused on your uh writing up your your report for school or for your boss or talking to your friend or whatever it is on your yoga mat um and one of the things i wanted to to clarify because we've talked about this a little bit and I don't feel like I really gave a good example. Uh, the para, the other, where is it? What sutra are we talking about? Uh, maybe 23, 24, here we go, 24. Um, and then it was in uh, this sutra here, also three, last week we went over this. Para, artha, the, the purpose. And so I wanted to just, kind of reiterate and give it some more practical ideas of what this term, this jargon, this yoga jargon, parartam, parartha, the, the para is other. Uh, for those of you, you know, who need a little review, para means other, and other can be anything, anything other than the ego. You could be watching your mind and in relationship with watching your mind. You could be 
you know, working with the energies in your body, right? So that's the other, the things you're working with in your body even, right? Or it could be your dance partner. So it could be your breath, you know, you're working with your breath. It could be metal. You know, if you're, I have a friend uh, who just moved out from Detroit. I met him my first trip in Mysore. So I've known him since 1999, great guy. And he's, uh, he learned from his grandfather how to work with metal to make jewelry. So he's a metallurgist. So he works with the metal, that's the other, right? And he understands the capacities the abilities, the things that are required to get the metal to conform to his will, so to speak, right? So the artha, artha means um, purpose or meaning in, in the literal sense. Artha is, has, means like it's the meaning of something. So, but, but the meaning, the implied contextual meaning here of using art the word arta is all the different things that the metal is capable of doing and the things that that the metal needs in order to do some of those things so the things that somebody might need or the things that, that somebody's able to contribute the talents they have the weaknesses they have all those different types of things. So you're working with materials or you're working with your body. Your body has needs. Your body needs you to be uh, patient in the right way. Your breath and your body need you to, to sync your own will with its, with its abilities, with its biorhythms. You can participate in molding and getting your body to mold to your will only if you understand what the way the body works and you're able to mold your will with the way with the the capacities and the needs of the body the more you understand the artha of something and the more your mind is able to merge it, your own will and your own, your own abilities with that artha of the other thing, the more you're going to be able to, to harmonize and work with it. And if it's a dancer, the more you understand your dance partner, where their weaknesses are and where their strengths are, what moves they're, they're capable of doing. Um, and maybe you're, Maybe you're such a masterful dancer that you're able to actually like see an opportunity to get your dance partner to do something they haven't done before, to go a little, to push them a little bit further. Like if you're a really good, you know, coach in a tennis coach or a golf coach or singing coach, right? You're looking for the opportunities when that other person, when, when there, there is a possibility for their artha to expand, their, their potentials to expand. So you're taking your own abilities and limitations and understanding your own 
and merging it with the, the other. And so the, the more work you've done on yourself, the more you're able to understand the way other things function, where other psychologies are functioning, the way, because everything is, it's like purnam adaha, that, purnam idam, this. They're, they're actually not different, it's universal. What happens inside, all the principles, all the patterns that you find and learn how to work with and discover inside yourself are not different than the patterns you discover and learn to work with outside of yourself. So getting your own swa, your own artha, right, under control, understanding it, contemplating, sanyama, doing the yogic meditation, sanyama meditation on your own uh, and being able to merge with the, the other. Does that help? So bring more clarity to so not so uh, it's like actually something we experience every day, right? We're doing this all the time. Every time you pick up your, your coffee cup to drink from it, you have to feel right how much you're tipping the cup. That's a knowledge, that's a wisdom that you've developed to understand like the weight of the cup. And you know, like you have the wisdom is there, the natural intelligence functioning, right? Clear away, you know, it's, it's undisturbed by, by all the garbage in your mind that your arm picks it up and brings it right to your lip. And then it tips it exactly the right amount to pour the liquid in without spilling it all over yourself, right? Like a child does when they try to learn how to drink from a cup, they don't have the wisdom yet. They don't, haven't experienced the cup and gotten to know the feel of the cup and the liquid moving in the cup and the way the weight of the cup changes as they're tipping it, right? They just, they either don't get anything or they get it all over themselves. <laughs> That's why we have those lids now, right? That cap on and they have just a slot. So when the kid tips it too much, the lid holds the liquid in. It only comes out through the mouthpiece. Saves the, us parents a lot of time. We don't have to wipe up as many spills. And so we're, we're doing this. We're doing this all the time. We just never thought about it because it's so natural. And that's what wisdom, when we talk about developing wisdom, it's this natural function functioning in our system. And we do it when we talk to people. And we pick up on things. We do it, you know, when we're breathing through our yoga practice. And it's really a beautiful thing. It makes, makes life function a lot more uh, pleasurably. But the, the uncomfortable experiences aren't, aren't bad, right? Unless the child spills on the whole cup on themselves, they're not going to learn how to not spill on themselves and how to read the 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 way the cup works. So any kind of situation where we have a so-called failure, 
a moment where it becomes uh, the results didn't come out the way we wanted them to. The results, the different results. We we spilled the liquid all over ourselves, right? Or we upset uh, the person we were trying to talk to, or whatever it is. We we fell in bakasana. Uh, that's how we learn. That's how we we grow and improve. If if we just seek only comfortable situations and we never challenge ourselves, we're going to be useless people. We won't have any skills to contribute back to society. Yes or no? Maybe. <laughs> okay. So, Sutra 27. So we're at this place where Patanjali just told us, man, you're, you're so over the hill, over the peak of the struggle to overcome all your bad, your, all your habit energies, that it's now you're on, your, you know, you're on a downhill slope towards liberation, towards Kaivalya or uh, Nirvana or whatever you want to call it, Moksha, Mukti. Uh, uh, but but even though you're on the downhill, you're on it's a downhill slope towards Kaivalya. There's still some tears in the continuity of of your of yourself, of your vigilance, of your paying attention, being awake. We still go unconscious sometimes. Tat chidreshu pratyaya antarani sanskare bhyaha. Tachidreshu pratyaya antarani sanskare bhyaha. Tachidreshu pratyaya antarani sanskare bhyaha. But even for a mind inclined towards wisdom and clarity, discursive thoughts still arise from our innumerable samskaras. Discursive means like deviant or unconscious, you know, moments still arise because of our habit energies, samskaras. Tut means that. So we're talking about this, this uh, yogi who's, who's reached this place where it's not such an uphill struggle to overcome the habit energies and to be conscious and vigilant and act from wisdom. So that that type of chitta, that type of consciousness, mind, person. Uh, chidra means a tear or a gap. Chidra. Notice the H means ch, ch. So embarrassing. <laughs> ch. Chidra, chidra. Actually, it's fun, not embarrassing. Uh, means a tear or a gap, right? The mind's not always going to be clear and alert. Sometimes you're going to forget to pay attention to to the way the way you're responding to things. Pratyaya means the the mind stream, the flow of con content in your mind. Antara means internal. 
So pratyaya antara, the internal flow of your mind stream. Uh, samskara means habit energies, subconscious tendencies. So the reason I'm saying being vigilant, right, or alert is because the samskaras are still there. But the, the difference is for the, the Walmart shopper, the zombie Walmart shopper, it's hap- all the samskaras are happening to them unconsciously or they just accept that that's who they are. They don't never occurs to them that, that they can work on creating new habits. They can break free from old habits and create new habits. If only uh, they had the idea that that was possible and then they applied some effort to reinvent the way they want to be, to think about how they might want to be. Who do you want to be? Uh, do you just want to be the same guy who gets fat on the couch, shops at Walmart oh, for the best deal? Uh, or no offense if you shop at Walmart. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the, the zombie Walmart shoppers, not, not you. Uh, right. So before, if we've been self-reflecting, because we're tired of repeating the same old um, behavior patterns that cause the same old uncomfortable BS uh, in yourself and with your, in your relationships with, with things. Then you, so you've been reflecting on yourself then it becomes not so unconscious. And with, as you gain more skill and more wisdom, you start to learn how to separate yourself, break away from the the force that's trying to compel you to behave certain ways. It's just a it's just an old habit force. You have to kind of look at it from a distance and not let it not be down in in it and let it pull you uh, the way it wants to take you. You have to separate so it doesn't mean that they go away it means you've oh you've transcended so vigilance really is what we're talking about being awake to what you're choosing to do what you're choosing to express touch uh, oops, is that it? Oh yeah, that is all the words, okay. Uh, so. Tachidreshu, so even for those people, even for that kind of a person, there are still tears in the mind stream because of the habit energies. Tachidreshu pratyaya antarani Samskarebhyaha Tachidreshu Pratyantarani Samskarebhyaha One more time. Tachidreshu Pratyantarani 
Samskarebhya. Make sense? Okay. So what do we do about this? Hanam esham kleshavat uktam. Hanam esham kleshavaduktam. Hanam esham kleshavat uktam. Anamesham Kleshavaduktam. One more time. Anamesham Kleshavaduktam. To remove those uh, lapses of our attention, it is said practice in the same way that removed the Kleshas the which are the habit energies the negative habit habit energies so the difference between klesha and samskara basically they're almost identical but samskara is a general so it includes good habits and bad habits all kinds of tendencies tendency to be attracted to yoga is a samskara tendency to want to help people as a samskara all tendencies tendency you know, to lose your temper, that's a samskara. Tendency to lose your mind when you fall in love, that's a samskara, that's a habit energy. Uh, kleshas are negative habit energies. Affliction, when you get spun out, wound up, out of control. Those are the klesha habit energies that have overtaken. So, um, have you guys heard that there's like, uh, what is it, four classic types of yoga? Karma yoga, uh, what are they? Jnana yoga, bhakti yoga, karma yoga, jnana yoga, bhakti yoga, and raja yoga. Right? These are the four classic yogas. There's there's many many others, uh, but the four main ones: karma. You do stuff. You try to keep your mind. Uh, free from attachment. Jnana yoga. You try to hone your intellect to be able to penetrate through your ignorance. In karma yoga, you try to detach yourself from your attachments so you can do things with, with a pure heart instead of scheming, always having, you know, some kind of underlying motive behind all your actions. You try to purify your motive. Bhakti, you you throw yourself heart first into what you do. Chop the head off and just become a bleeding heart. Become totally, you know, emotion is such a strong energy. In fact, 
almost everybody's way more uh, governed by their emotion than they realize. Some people are aware of it, but even people who aren't aware of it or who think they're, they're so, you know, rational, right? feeling it's like so difficult to resist. And it, it'll creep in, you know, to influence your, the prejudices you have in your intellect, even, you know, for the person who's drier in nature, more mental. Uh, so bhakti, if you can get that kind of energy behind uh, good things, the right things, it, it'll carry you. So directing your bhakti towards divine things, things that are uplifting or uh, capable of saving you like Jesus or Krishna yeah, or Buddha or Amitabha Buddha. Uh, and what's the, the, the fourth one is Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga, Raja Yoga is a very broad kind of yoga. Uh, often it's uh, reduced down to just being meditation. But actually Patanjali Yoga is Raja Yoga. Ashtanga Yoga is Raja Yoga. And so the point I, I'm bringing this up for is because uh, I think in my first trip, here we are back to 1999 again. Uh, that was, you know, the 90s were epic, right? <laughs> so 90s will never happen again. Uh, I missed the 60s. I was, wasn't born until 68. So I'm sure the 60s were also epic. And the 70s, uh, it's pretty young. Um, 80s, I was too much of a teenager spun out on hormones and trying to be cool and worried about that, I, you know, thinking I wasn't cool. So the 80s were kind of a mess for me. Uh, but it, so in my first trip to India, uh, I asked Guruji if he would explain the four yogas to me. Nothing doing. <laughs> he would not explain the four yogas to me at all. And uh, anybody have any idea why? I mean, he's a nice guy, Padabhi Jewish Guruji, he's a nice guy. He's very, uh, he was, had a uh, traditional, like doctor, doctoral degree in philosophy. He was a Vedanta philosophy teacher. So obviously he knew, right? He knew what I was asking. He wouldn't, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he didn't want to talk about it. Why not Genevieve? Why wouldn't somebody who has all this philosophical background look at the yoga student who's obviously sincere, right? I'm obviously sincere. Nobody would mistake me for anything other than sincere, right? <laughs> so why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he give, talk about the four yogas with me? Tatiana? 
you have an idea. It feels like because if you have, if you're asking, then um, it's like you don't have the life experience to know already. Is that it? No. Yeah. But that's a good guess. I like that. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Who else is there? Alexis and Sunny. Alexis, you always have an answer. Or Christina, you're going to be next. I'm going to pick on, I'm going to give you a chance. No? Okay. Should I tell you? So he didn't actually, he did not teach me, but he didn't talk about the four yogas. That's for sure. He said, only one yoga, not different yogas. There's only one yoga. Yoga is only yoga. That's it. That was his, the way he blew me off. <laughs> he actually taught me something, you know, very, very, very meaningful that has stuck with me for a long time. Um, and you can see um, in Patanjali yoga, karma yoga is included. We have to purify our action. That's what Kriya yoga in the second chapter the first third of the second chapter is talking about how to how to look at and understand your your motive better and understand when you're being taken for a ride by your compulsions. This is karma yoga. Uh, Ishwara pranidhana, uh, becoming having more of a sense of devotion behind your actions, and so that's actually in the kriya yoga. Uh, model the sutra to the first sutra in the second chapter you want to gravitate from uh, needing to restrain yourself from your compulsions which are selfish based towards the Ishwara Pranidhana side of the spectrum which is devotional based altruistic or all-inclusive all-inclusive so the bhakti element is there. And even, you know, bhakti, a lot of the ex expressional practices of bhakti are chanting practices. Um, swadhyaya is actually, the, the term for self-study is actually traditionally um, interpreted as chanting. So bhakti is referred to also in, as part of the study to devote yourself towards um, doing worship and chanting towards uh, a deity that you feel an affinity towards to help you improve your character. Uh, so it's a kind of grace, you know, from that deity, you, you put your heart into uh, chanting and visualizing and embracing the qualities of that deity. And if you really, truly embrace the qualities of something else, you will start to mimic them yourself. So that's the principle behind 
the chanting in the Yoga Sutras with for Swadhyaya. In the first chapter, they describe the the Bija Mantra Om Om as belonging to Ishwara, the supreme uh, ultimate energy, God energy, not God with a face and a name, but just God energy, uh, which is the Lord of everything, right? Because without the God energy, you fall down limpless and lifeless, uh, limp and lifeless. So you need that. that. That's what charges you up. So you can think, you can be creative, you can receive, you can do, you can communicate all those things without the energy. You unplug it, it be go, goes limp and lifeless. So Ishwara is, means the Lord, the ultimate Lord, not, not Lord with a face and a name. Uh, so chanting Om is to help you connect with that energy inside of yourself, inside of yourself. Uh, bhakti, Agnana, you know, we're studying the sutras, we're studying uh, how the ego and ignorance and all these things are uh, meshed together and causing us to not necessarily be able to manifest ourselves the way we want to be. If we had freedom of choice to invent ourselves however we wanted to be, right? Would you be exactly the way you, you, you behaved earlier today and yesterday? Or would you, would you make some changes in yourself? Right? So, so we're not free yet. We don't have that kind of freedom to just say, oh, I'm going to just like, you know, be like uh, uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know. Who's, who's a good role model to mention? I'm so out of pop culture. I can't even think of anybody to, to mention. Uh, but you get the idea? Yeah? Yeah. So having that kind of freedom within yourself to be however you want to be. Um, yana yoga, right? You can penetrate through the ignorance to understand the masks that you've created and are stuck, stuck on your face. You can't get them off to, to put on a different mask. That's a kind of root kind of ignorance. If you wear a mask, when you go to work, you have to play the role of the boss. That's fine. You put that that uh, boss mask on. But if you can't take that mask off when you come home <laughs> and you start acting the same way with your kids and your wife, uh, might be some problems. And if you don't take it off when you go to sleep, then you're certainly a nut job, right? You wear your mask to sleep. <laughs> you should be able to change your mask appropriately when you, when you want to, when you need to. Uh, so the, the different yogas, they're all contained here in the Patanjali yoga. So overviewing uh, yoga in Patanjali yoga is a good thing to do. 
So how have we been practicing? How have we been practicing? Uh, hana means removing, hanam, hanam, removing. Right? What are we removing? Removing the, 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 those tears we talked about, the, the gaps in our vigilance, the, the moments we have where our uh, attention is not continuous anymore so that we can, when the forces, internal for, habit energy forces come up, we can look at them and respond with wisdom. So we're not, we're not actually necessarily removing the samskara. That, that may be impossible. That may be possible, may be impossible. For some of them, a lot of them become so dormant, it seems like they've gone away, but they've just lost their, they've lost having any power over you is what's happened. The same way, like when, when you skin your knee, you cried like a baby when you were seven years old or six years old. But now, now you don't cry like a baby anymore. You cry like a grown up. <laughs> Just kidding. Esham <laughs> uh, means those, right? And Edom, uh, oh, Esham is a. Uh, is for the Sanskrit buffs, it's plural possessive form of Edom. Edom means this. So it means theirs, translates to English as theirs. Uh, Kleshava, similar to the Kleshas. So that's what we we're just talking about, right? The Kleshas. In a similar manner, the way we dealt with the Kleshas, that's how we're going to handle all the sunscars. So we're not compelled to be good any more than we are compelled to be bad. We choose wisely when to help, when not to help. Right? Sometimes it's much wiser to leave somebody alone and let them work it out themselves so that they can learn or maybe they enjoy working it out on their own. Or maybe it just is going to help them in the long run. They can learn how to calm themselves down or solve their problem or whatever it is. If you're compelled to help all the time, you're going to be meddling in things that aren't any of your business. Or you're going to enter, you might be um, making it more difficult for somebody to solve the problem. And ukta just means said. So it has been said that we should treat all the samskars in the same way we treated the kleshas. So what does that mean? What have we been doing to uh, overcome the kleshas, the force the kleshas have on us? How have we been practicing so far? Denise, you making dinner? Why? Shh. 
She's been asking for juice like the last 45 minutes, so I have to get it done. Okay, make sure you make uh, just a small one for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anybody want to try to try to chime in on this? Any takers? Okay. So what have we been doing so far? Uh, primarily, we're doing Kriya Yoga and Ashtanga Yoga. This is the main thing about practice in the second chapter. The second chapter is called Sadhana, Sadhana practice. Sadhana means practice. Uh, actually, sadhana has uh, an inner meaning deeper than just practice. Uh, cultivation is actually a bit, much better word than practice, I think. Because when you're cultivating, you're trying to, you know, you're cultivating your tomato plant to get tomatoes. Or you're cultivating... You know, when uh, you send somebody to prep school, they're being cultured, right? So you're, there's a, a specific goal in mind and you're using certain tools or certain practices to cultivate certain uh, results. So sadhana is the tools that you use to cultivate uh, a conscious cultivation. Practice, you know, can just be rote. But cultivation requires some engineering, ingenuity behind it. Don't just practice for the sake of practice. That's the problem with too many yogis uh, in, the, in the West. It, Practice itself is the goal. It like so it feels so good. And how can you fix? Can you fix my what do I need to do to you know to fix this pain? I don't like pain and uh I'm such a weak-minded person that I can't handle anything that I don't like. Uh so will you please solve my problems for me so I feel good? And I'm just coming to yoga because I'm a narcissist and I want to feel good and I want to get away from my kids because they scream too much and they want me to drive them around and I just want to escape and come to yoga. I just need some me time. Self-care, right? Self-care. Uh, so with that kind of attitude, you know, the, the way things bother you is, is not going to get better. The way things bother you is going to get worse with that kind of attitude. We have to embrace and learn to endure life. And that includes, uh, you know, enduring, you know, what you get, we get, we want to do Kapotasana, right? It's so uncomfortable to try to breathe, but because we have this ambitious drive to do Kapotasana, we put ourselves in the uncomfortable situation and, and it's for our own good, right? We work on trying to improve our breathing and make physical efforts to endure the uncomfortableness of, of some of the practices, the ones that have uh, like, oh, Kapotasana is such a cool pose. 
if I can get my heels, I'll be able to take a photo and I'll be able to post it on Instagram and I'll get way more likes than I do when I post just like pictures of my dinner. Uh, so all these, you know, different things we learn to endure, like make us much more resilient. So we become less bothered. What happens when we're less bothered? I mean, who wants to be bothered? Being bothered, that's like the opposite of happy, right? But being bothered means you're upset and you're, which means you're not happy, you're suffering. So the way to overcome suffering is this process. Endure. The more you can endure, the less you'll be bothered by things and the more free you'll become. Uh, am I getting sidetracked? So we do Kriya Yoga and Ashtanga Yoga. So that's the second chapter, yeah? Uh, hey, where's the, oh, right. I don't know what happened to my file. I, I thought I, I made a, a whole nother page for us or two pages. So, cause I put this in and then I remembered, oh yeah, we skipped the first, I'm skipping, I'm skipping the first chapter on these guys. Um, so in the first chapter, uh, there's some fundamentals that are, they kind of precede practice. They precede practice. Uh, I have to do from memory, oh my God. Uh, The one of them is the the four um, divine qualities, Sutra one thirty three, Maitri, friendliness, Karuna, compassion, Murita, joyousness, and Upeksha, uh, not getting in, involved in things unnecessarily or spun out, equanimity or your have a uh, enough detachment from things that you can uh, maintain a level <clears throat> level headedness. Um, oh yeah, right. The, and the other one is quieting the mind. I was sweating there for a second. I was stalling for some time, uh, quieting the mind while I was trying to remember the other one. So. We call this samapatti, quieting the mind. Um, samapatti, quieting the mind. So it's different than meditation that Patanjali mentions in, sorry, I don't have the notes to put up on the screen so you can see the words. Uh, Patanjali talks about meditation in the beginning of the third chapter, dharana, dhyana, and samadhi, three depths of the mind becoming absorbed in what it's paying attention to. So, and the difference between samapati, which is quieting the mind and concentration or meditation, dharana, dhyana, samadhi, the, the last three angas, the last three limbs of ashtanga yoga uh, is uh, 
the meditation of Ashtanga Yoga is focusing the mind and focusing your not just the cognitive surface level of the mind, but more of the whole mind, the body. So in other words, you've done asana and pranayama. And so when you apply your mind to something, your body and your energy get behind your attention. Before you've learned your body, before you've mastered the energies and, and understood your body posture, when you concentrate, it's just surface level of your mind. It doesn't have the whole body behind it. So you imagine, right? If you're gonna make a powerful laser, you gather more up and you channel it and you focus it. If you're only gathering up like this much, just your cognitive mind and focusing it, it's only so strong can only penetrate so deeply into what you're concentrating on. But if you learn more about yourself, so when you concentrate, you feel your whole presence, including your body and your energy coming, right? That's behind the point of your focus. Then you have a much more powerful laser. So Ashtanga Yoga and, and Samapati really actually is quieting the mind. It's not so much about focusing the mind, but just quieting the mind. So there's less vrittis. The frequency of the thoughts arising and subsiding and rising is much slower. Like right now, my mind is just racing, probably like 90 thoughts per second. Right, that's too fast. How can there be any clarity? How can the wisdom filter through? It has to compete with so many other thoughts. And so samapati is a foundational condition to cultivate, quieting the mind. You're not going to be able to be clear thinking, clear-headed, if you don't focus consciously you know, on becoming quiet learning how not to think so much. And the main tool we have, how not to think so much, right, is to focus on feeling or listening or looking like we do in our yoga practice. And if you're perceiving, you'll be automatically thinking less. The more you're thinking, the less you're the less perceptive you're going to be because the thinking crowds out the ability for sensory data to filter in or the sensory data comes in and crowds out space for the thinking process to manifest. So samapati, right? quieting the mind. And then there's a much greater potential for wisdom, clarity, knowing how to act, knowing how to execute. Right, if you're like the example gave earlier about going up into handstand, you know, and you let your body, you let yourself feel the biorhythms 
So before you jump up into, you don't just jump up haphazardly, just impose your will on your body. Then now we're going to jump up. Because right? <laughs> I said so. That's why. Uh, no, you have to feel how to get things in position. You have to feel, okay, things are getting in position. Body's getting in position. Energy is building and getting ready to, to, to launch up. So all those examples, you know, the kid with the cup, right? You have to, you have to set the thinking mind aside and be perceptive. The more you can do that, the more you, you can think less and perceive more the more naturally you'll know what to do. And that's called wisdom. Don't base your decisions all off your memorized history, memorizing the rules of uh, when to help the lady across the street, when not to help the lady across the street, uh, when to inhale, when to exhale, so dangerous. Create so much strain. Do everything from memory in your practice. You have to feel when to inhale, when to exhale. Right? Otherwise, it, it's rough or it's it feels forced. You have to feel when to when the throat has massage to let go to release the inhalation retention. It's not a thinking, it's feeling. And with experience, right, the wisdom naturally blossoms. You, you, you understand how to read the sensation of picking up the cup to drink. You wanna show us again, Kat, how, how wise your hand? Like you could do it with your eyes closed, I bet. Have your cup, close your eyes. You can drink with your eyes closed. See, perfect execution of natural intelligence right there. No thinking involved. She didn't even get nervous and her mind didn't interfere because of, she was nervous. Oh my God, they're watching me. If I make a mistake, they're gonna laugh. And then, well, that's the quickest way, right? To interfere with your intelligence. You start thinking. Oh no, what if I don't get it right? Oh. <laughs> that's when you fall, that's when you crash. But if you just stay with the sensory data and the intelligence that you've developed through repetition and practice and experience, it comes out, it comes out. And if it's not coming out yet, it just means you need more practice, that's all. You just need to do it a hundred more times or a thousand more times or 10,000 more times. Depends, you know, some things come on the first or second try. Some things, no, only 10 or 20 times. Some things, man, I've been doing this a thousand times and it's still so hard. That's okay. Maybe it's not in your genetic, you know, your, your body's ability to do it. No big deal. So you're uh, a rose and you have some thorns. It's okay. You're not a daisy, no thorns. No big deal. That's just how you are. So the thinking, you know, it's only the thinking that's 
oh man, I have thorns. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna poke my friend with my thorns. I wish I was like a daisy. <laughs> no thorns. Nonsense, nonsense. Don't judge. Uh, we should probably we stop now and we go over Tapa, Kriya Yoga and Ashtanga Yoga next week. I think it's going to take us two more weeks. You're not upset at me. I mean, if you are, I don't care. It's okay. I'm not going to let it bother me. <laughs> Just kidding. So we'll go over the, the Kriya Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, and the other thing that's on the menu in the slides is the that outline from the third chapter. And uh, I'll do my best to get, get us through uh, without over talking about everything. Maybe we should do, we should quit doing each sutra twice and we can just do the sutra one time because it's kind of, it's taking a long time to get through the whole chapter. Would that be okay for next week? Or do you guys prefer if we do, we keep doubling up the sutra chanting to help you learn it? Raise your hand if you wanna just go through it more quickly. Uh, did you write, who, who, did you vote for twice or, or once? Yeah, okay, I'll make an executive decision. It's kind of 50-50. Anybody comments, questions before we close? Denise. So I think I didn't miss it, but um, so the I like the idea of the four yogas, but actually there's only one. And Ashtanga Yoga has it all. So so Bhakti is Ishvara Pranidhana, and the Karma Yoga is the Kriyas, and the Jnana Yoga is so that is the work on the like the self-study and the sutras and all those, right? Yeah, honing your intelligence to 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 recognize how your ego and your ignorance are functioning. Okay. Yeah, you have to recognize your ignorance. So that, that's jnana yoga right there. You see through ignorance. So you're you're no longer, you know, you've turned the light switch on. You see it all of a sudden, oh, right? When you're confused about something and then somebody explains it to you and you go, oh, wow, right, so simple. Right? All that darkness of like not understanding, you know, with a math problem or whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, when it can, every, you can relate to the sensation of being confused, right? And then when you get it, it's a switch. As soon as you see it, it's gone. The confusion's gone. So that jnana yoga, see, seeing the ignorance for what it is. And so you can make it vanish like the illusion that, or the self-created illusion that it is. Seeing the ignorance or seeking for it? Seeing it. 
No, not the, so not the effort to see it. Yeah, jnana yoga, you know, you understand, you see it. Yeah. You don't need to seek for ignorance. It's already, <laughs> you need to see through it. Yeah. Anybody else? Last comment, last question. Alexis, yes. Uh, did the Guruji upset anyone saying there is no four kinds of yoga? No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody got upset. No, not the At first I was a little up disappointed. I wanted to hear him. <laughs> you know, hear him talk more. But then it's like his answer was so profound. I mean, it totally changed my whole, for the rest of my life, the way I I view things. What about like uh, traditional, the Bhagavad Gita? You know, the, it, those are just, uh, with, how, do you, how do you say it? They're, they're practical, they're, they're conventions. You know, like we talk, like we look at yoga as having eight parts to it. It's a way to help us get a handle on cultivating ourselves. We can't just say yoga. <laughs> you have to analyze it somehow. So it's it's a way of analyzing. And, you know, ultimately, whichever... Um, and whichever way you feel inclined to enter or approach yoga, whatever door you feel comfortable opening up to enter through, karma yoga, more action-oriented, or bhakti, more from your emotion, devotion, or for more from your intellect, uh, it's okay, right? You're going to have to embrace your whole personality. If you want to reach, you know, the whole of yoga, you're going to have to become. So all those, those, if you perfect any one thing, then it, it becomes all inclusive. If you perfect the himsa, it leads to enlightenment. If you perfect satya, it leads to enlightenment. Jnana, yeah. So... That makes sense. Yeah, and, and once you start talking like that, the, there's no disagreement from any of those camps that jnana yoga is going to include. Yeah, but it but it's a specific angle of entering. So, and the raja yoga could you, we could argue the same thing, like because potentially spelling out this process for us. So that's also an approach. So maybe maybe it's not a hundred percent accurate to say that the Raja Yoga is the <laughs> is the one that's the real yoga. <laughs> that's probably pretty like pretty uh, naive to say that. Yeah, because it's a system. I mean, ultimately. When you, if you take the system far enough, 
that you you transcend the system, but you're using the system to help you get there. So it's not the whole thing. Arriving is the whole thing, but the the system you're using is just conventions that you need uh, while you're still ignorant, stupid. You still believe yourself. then you need some help, you need some tools so you can stop believing yourself so much. <sighs> okay, let's close. Om Tat Sat Om Swasti Prajabhyaf Paripalayantam Nyayena margena mahim mahishaha Go brahmane bhyaha shubhamastu nityam Lokaha samastaha sukino bhavantu Kale varashatu prajanyaha prativi sasya shalani Deshoyam chobaritaha Brahmana Santu Nirbhyaha Aputra Putrina Santu Putrina Santu Pautrinaha Adana Sadana Santu Jeevantu Shadam Shatam Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschidtuka Bhagavet Om Shanti 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 Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amrutangamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Poor Namadaf Poor Namidam Poor Nat Poor Namudachate Poor Nasya Poor Namadaya Poor Namivavashishate Aum Shanti 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 Aum Tatsat Brahma Paramastu